1: All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain Swire football podcast edition. We Re... no previewing. We just did the recap, Matt. We're previewing games now, right? Is that the yes, way? we are. Not reviewing, not recapping, previewing. Well, here's what we're going to do here. This is going to be either one long podcast you want to listen to, but I also break it up because these games are pre-recording spoiler week ahead. We're going to be talking about the Hawaii Bowl, which is not Christmas Eve, unfortunately. The First Responders Bowl, excuse me, Serve Pro First Responders Bowl boise state boston college and then arkansas state nevada and the nova home arizona bowl so if you listen to this show we'll go chronological order and then we will break them up so you can pick and choose easy enough right matt exactly all right so website dot there is a website mwcwire.com where we have random deals i just said the website so i have to say what it is now matt because that's how it works i guess i could edit but i'm not so if you head out there Tickets, uh, Sling TV, Fubo, all sorts of random stuff. So check that out if you want to have some fun, I guess, or save some money to holiday season. So boom, first game. Long about round, long roundabout way to get to games because that's what we do here. So first off, man, I am deeply disappointed the Hawaii Bowl is not Christmas Eve.
0: You mean the Sofi Hawaii Bowl?
1: Oh, excuse me, Sofi Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, I guess we got to bring that up too. To spot. is that speaker right, Sofi? I think so. Good. Maybe get some good speakers because it's Christmas Eve. You can kind of. Kind of avoid a few people you don't want to talk to. That's true. But it's December 22nd, 8.30 p.m. Saturday, which is, I believe, after some NFL games. I believe they have well, triple header, double header. We, so, we should
0: mention that's 8 p.m. 8:30 is that, P- Central time. 8, well, it's 8.30 Central time, so that would be 7.30 Mountain and 6.30 Pacific.
1: Actually, it's uh, what website are you using? Maybe my website's wrong.
0: Oh, I don't know. I'm just assuming. Oh, assuming. (laughs) I see CT, and I assume that means central time. It does,
1: but it's 8.30 Mountain, 7.30 Pacific. So it's not – you can actually see Hawaii football, mat with the sun up. You can see what Aloha Stadium looks like during the daytime. That'll be a treat.
0: (laughs) On ESPN, too. Did we mention that?
1: Uh, That's right. It's on ESPN. So here's the game. It's Louisiana Tech. Hawaii is a slim one-point favorite, over-under 62. Louisiana Tech, apparently I've been told that this used to be, like, the biggest rival ever for Hawaii
0: that's true I mean like I and said whack, we mentioned I it say. in the preview this is a throwback to the old whack days
1: it is it is a throwback to the old whack days I did talk to uh, Tanner Spearman who's gonna I did a Q&A with him so he'll get some stuff out on the website via him and questions I asked he's not super familiar with it but he did say um, Louisiana Tech was the second biggest rival to Hawaii only behind Fresno State
0: that's yeah that actually makes a lot of sense
1: is there a trophy involved in this game they were a rival in, at some point in
0: this game I don't think so
1: besides the Hawaii Bowl trophy
0: Besides the Hawaii Bowl
1: trophy. <laughs> you never know. I guess it's true because Texas-Oklahoma and the Big 12 title game, we're not giving up the golden hat, whatever, whoever won that one. So no trophy. But this game, they did play one of the best games ever in the WAC. Wasn't it like some multi-overtime game that had like 100 combined points?
0: Well, if you recall you, you Hawaii's like, Sugar Bowl run back in 2007, they played a barn burner 45 to 44. That's what it was. Which was, I think, their closest call of that season.
1: It was like a top twenty La tech team as well. Yeah. So they've had they've had some good teams. Like they I remember they nearly beat Texas A and Johnny Manziel a couple of years ago. They're known for when Sonny Dykler's their coach scoring lots of points. And this team is a uh, they're seven to five, so they're okay this year.
0: This year, hard to, hard to say what they're known for.
1: True, because they not scored a ton. Like they have thirty points here. 21 versus LSU. They beat North Texas by two points. They're sort of familiar with that if you watch Utah State game. They give up three points to like UTSA or Rice. They give up 13, but then they lose to Western Kentucky or Southern Miss, who are both mm-hmm. decent teams. And so as for what this team does well, they're just a 7-5 team, which means eh, they're okay. They don't throw the ball a ton, and they don't run the ball a ton either.
0: I mean if you look at their stat profile it's hard to find something that stands out. That's my point. You know, if I, if I'm thinking about this game, one thing that I'm looking forward to doing or to seeing is how Jamar Smith responds because a lot of the coverage out of out of Rustin is that Skip Holtz expects him to do more. And if you haven't watched Law Tech a lot this year, first of all, I don't blame you. But and Jamar Smith's been Okay, you know he has a fourteen to nine touchdown to interception ratio. He has fifty-seven percent completion rate. He has a sack rate that's right around the national average. Um, you know, he contributed about five and a half yards per carry on the ground. So he could do a little bit with his legs. He could do a little bit with his arm. But I don't think there's any question that he really struggled down the stretch for the Bulldogs. Nobody in conference, USA threw the ball more than he did in November. But the results of that were kind of mixed. You know, as far as uh, fourteen guys who qualified by uh, on uh, what is it, CFBstats.com, mm-hmm. yeah, he was tenth on that list. Not great. Uh, yeah. So I mean, his completion percentage is okay, fifty-seven percent, but he only had two touchdowns in November and he had three interceptions. So he wasn't really doing as much as I think a lot of people would have hoped he would. And that is. Kind of been one of the overarching stories of the of Louisiana Tech season because, as far as passer rating goes, he's only cracked 120 one time in the last six games, and so when I start looking at this matchup, I look at you know how much hay is he going to be able to make against a Hawaii defense that let's let's not beat around the bush. They're they have had their adventures.
1: They're bad. You can say they're bad. It's okay. You can say they're not good.
0: Yeah, it's so it's it's a cut. I don't know if I want to say that Louisiana Tech's passing game is a weakness, but he is going to have to make plays against a Hawaii passing defense, for instance, that on the year ranked 10th as far as opponents' passer rating. You know, they've only had four interceptions on the season, they've given up 27 passing touchdowns. So I want to see if Smith can make plays with his arm against a a defense that's been prone to giving up a lot of big plays.
1: You know what? He's going to have a big game because that's what Hawaii defense does. They allow bad or not bad quarterbacks, but quarterbacks that have career high games.
0: Well, <laughs> I, I, well, the only reason I question that is because it's not like conference USA has a lot of outstanding defenses.
1: Sure. There's that as well. Yeah.
0: And the scoring offense hasn't really been all that great. Like they've only scored more than 21 points once in the last five games you know they only scored 31 against utep they only scored 31 against texas san antonio so it's not like they it's not like they've been facing a lot of juggernauts on defense they just haven't really been the kind of scoring offense that i think looking back on recent history we've been accustomed to you know they've really struggled on offense overall their s&p plus ranking is 109 if that tells you anything
1: not good and one thing i'm looking at as well like their running game isn't spectacular they have jacques uh or er, just Jackie Darcy there. I'm looking mm-hmm. at how he's playing. Like he only has like, he missed two games sitting at 610 yards. I'm trying to look around to see what they're doing because three of his past four games had carries a three, five and two. And so I, and they had 80, 80 yards versus rice. And like mm-hmm. the next running back is not anything spectacular. So I don't know who's going to run the ball. I still, there's no injury. I'm like, okay, he's been, didn't play the last two games. He's still listed atop the depth chart as their starting running back. And so I, it's not like they also have like a committee to run it because they have like Cam McKnight, Israel Tucker, both have combined about six seventy. So I don't know what they're doing on the ground.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's hard to say because, like like I said, they don't really stand out one way or the other. I think maybe one guy, another guy you'd want to watch is Adrian Hardy, who did crack a thousand yards through the air.
1: That's the guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and he's the only guy among the five guys who have at least thirty targets in this offense to crack fourteen yards per catch.
1: So yeah, this is interesting. So I I don't know like what they do offensively? Like here's the thing: will there'll be somebody will stand stand up? Whether it's receiver, whether, whether it's who knows? Israel Tucker, who had ten carries and thirty nine yards and a catch, in their season finale versus WKE, Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. There's going to be guys who stand out on big games. I just don't think we know who it is outside of like Hardy. Anybody else? Like even like uh, Teddy Vail 60. Like they passed the ball out. Those two guys over 120 combined receptions. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be the two main targets who Hawaii needs to figure out and guard and go up against, especially Hardy, 15 yards a catch. It's a pretty big deal. And so I just – we I think we both know they're going to be good offensively. We just don't know how they're going to be good really overall.
0: Yeah, I think the bigger question is how is Hawaii's offense going to look? Because they did struggle a lot down the stretch and I think as we talked about before, maybe that has to do with the level of competition they were facing in November. But I think if you're a Hawaii fan, I think you can be encouraged by the fact that they were able to rebound quite a bit against San Diego State in that finale. They were able to get back to throwing the football pretty much all over the place. And... You know, Cole McDonald cracked 60%, I think, for the first time in three or four weeks in that last game. So if he can get back to what he was doing earlier in the year, that's going to be a huge deal for them. One of the other matchups that I'm really interested in watching is left tackle Ilm Manning against Jalen Ferguson. Because that guy, that guy is really good.
1: Yeah, Ferguson is amazing. Like One of the questions I ask, well, he's um, it's his last game, he... Apparently he needs, did you know he's two sacks away from surpassing Charles Sugg for the NCAA career sacks record?
0: I did not know that.
1: So he's, he, I think he also leads the country in sacks as well.
0: 15 Four. and 23, ta- 23 and a half tackles for loss.
1: He's a guy. And like I mentioned, part of the Q and a, I did, we'll go up later. They like to create havoc, sack the quarterback. They have a top 15 in total sacks, obviously due to um, shoot um, Ferguson there. They have guys who have a double digit pass breakups, Couple guys with multiple picks, and it's crazy. Their defense is going to be tested because it also depends what Hawaii offense shows up, right? Because they haven't been what they were the first month of the season. They've been a bit better of late, and assuming Cole McDonald's going to be the main guy because they have been going back and forth. But if they can't protect him, because we see when McDonald gets pressured, he makes errors and makes bad plays, and so yeah, yeah, it'll be got to protect him, man. You've Got to protect him somehow.
0: Yeah, I mean it's going to be really interesting to see what the running game is able to do against this defensive line because as good as Ferguson is, it's not just him. You know, they they rank 22nd overall on defensive line havoc rate, and while Ferguson obviously leads the way with those double-digit TFLs, mm-hmm. the other guys on the line are pretty good too. Willie Baker has six and a half tackles for loss. So does Emmanuel Turner. Uh, Jordan Bradford has seven tackles for a loss. So. It's going to be really interesting to watch, to see if Nick Rolovich just kind of says screw it and abandons the running game more or less in the same way that he did against San Diego State, because they didn't really run the ball all that often. I think McDonald threw the ball 46 times, and the only guy with more than 10 carries in that game was Miles Reed. He only had 12 attempts. You know, Between him and Fred Holly, they only ran it 17 times. I almost wonder if that's the same kind of game plan you're going to see in this game where they just come out swinging, taking shots down the field. And if they do, the other big if in this game is the fact that Louisiana Tech does have a pretty good secondary too. Mm -hmm. maybe they don't have one guy who really jumps off the stat sheet like Ferguson does. But they're even better as far as have a great among their defensive backs. They rank 11th in the country. And so I'm very interested to see how they come out and try to defend against Hawaii's slot backs, you know, John Ursua, Cedric Bird, the dynamic duo, most of the talent in the Louisiana Tech secondary is actually on the outside. You know, Amik Robertson, for instance, um, he he had seven and a half tackles for loss, but he also led the team with 12 pass breakups and tied for, actually no, he had two interceptions as well. It wasn't tied for the team lead. but are they going to move him inside to contend with Rusua and Bird? Or are they going to keep him on the outside? So it's, to me, it's going to be a really interesting chess match to watch.
1: It will be. And then they also have 10 picks as well overall. So they got yeah. multiple guys, interceptions. Uh, abandoning the run is iffy because that's usually why he's been better when they actually can have a running game. I, do, I have no doubt they'll take shots on field. they probably go for them fourth and two at a weird spot in the field and hope Rolo gets it because that's kind of what he does. He's a risky Rolo, I guess. He does stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I, even though they did against San Diego State, I think they still need to have some sort of running game. No, they I think to. that's
0: a fair point. Um, I mean, because if you look at what they've done on the season, if you just break down the production on the ground by wins and losses, in the eight games they've won, they've averaged 4.3 yards per carry which is not spectacular, but I think it gives them the kind of balance that they really need. And the five games that they've lost, they've been under three yards per carry.
1: Yeah, so also one thing note, I, I don't think this will be a shootout because, if well, if it is a shootout, Hawaii's going to win. If it's a low-scoring game, that gives Louisiana Tech the opportunities because, like we mentioned, their offense is okay. And there's no like I said, outside of them passing to... Too hardy. They don't really have Invel a bit. They don't really have anything consistent. Also, I guess real quick note on dance. So I guess he has been dinged up a little bit, mm-hmm. but that's not the only reason he hasn't been playing. He hasn't been playing great the past month, but I I'm going to say if it's a lot of points, why he's going to win? I just don't know why maybe the month off will do them. Great. Cause they haven't played since Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're fully healthy and will do what they did versus Navy versus Colorado state in the first month of the year and put up 50 points. Or 40 I think points.
0: Louisiana Tech's going to win the kind of game that's a lot like the Army game.
1: Low-scoring game?
0: Yeah, because Hawaii only ran 45 plays in that game. Oh, jeez. If, if you can believe that. And Army was really able to contain the running game. You know, they, they I forgot about this. Cole McDonald and Dayton Peruta only had three carries apiece, and that was a team high in that game. <laughs> That... You know they were really imbalanced in that game too um and even though mcdonald still ran the ball or still threw for over 300 yards he took three sacks in that game as well so i think if louisiana tech is looking for a blueprint to follow to try to win this game it's going to be that it's going to be putting pressure on mcdonald you know using the fact that they probably will come out and throw the football a lot to their advantage
1: all right so what's your score prediction here
0: uh, well, should we give uh, S&P Plus and all that oh, first?
1: Oh, of course. I'm getting a ahead of
0: myself. So, go with that so, first. So S P Plus has this as Louisiana Tech 31, Hawaii 29.
1: So right on brand with the one-point Hawaii favorite at the moment. Pretty much, yeah. So when you look at let me go to my good old team rankings, number fire. They have Hawaii winning team rankings 31-3 to 30.6. Number fire 31-6 to
0: 29-1. Interesting.
1: So it's a tight game. Over under 61, which makes sense because it could be, like I said, I don't know if either I don't know if – here's my thing. Hawaii's better odds of getting to 30 points than Louisiana Tech is. Yeah. However, they're playing a the Hawaii defense, which is the X factor in doing all that. Um, I'm hesitant because my freaking San Diego State prediction was so bad, like everybody else was in their staff, 27 Well, speak, me- for,
0: speak for yourself. I had Ohio winning that game
1: fine whatever good for you (laughs) i said most i didn't say all i said most okay um i'm gonna take hawaii to win like uh 31 27 something kind of close
0: i think it's gonna be a real back and forth game Uh, my only concern is that we've seen hawaii struggle more often than not against good great defenses that's true like we saw them struggle to move the ball against byu nevada fresno state Utah State, and while you know, I don't know if Louisiana is quite on those on that same level. If they're a Nevada type defense, I think that that's going to make yeah. it really. I think that's going to make it really difficult for Hawaii to move the ball consistently. I think it's going to be close, just like all the prognosticators say. I, I think I'm going to go with LaTeX on this one, though. Okay, but I, can but can
1: anybody stop John Ursua? John or
0: That's going to be really interesting to watch. Um I think it's gonna be close though. I'm gonna say LaTeX twenty-four, Hawaii twenty-one.
1: I can see that too. It's gonna be close. I was maybe going back, the defensive factor is a thing, but also I would say the offense for LaTeX isn't outweigh the benefits of playing swipe defense, but I mean right. to me
0: to me I see this as the kind of game where Hawaii wins the, 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 the time of possession battle wins the total offense battle maybe runs more plays than Law tech does but isn't able to finish consistently
1: gotcha all right are we uh, ready to move on to the next game i think so boise state hosting uh, it's not hosting geez they're the ranked team the home team boston college espn the serve pro first responders bowl so this is a bowl game to honor i think first responders get free tickets right
0: I believe so, so. Yeah. If
1: you're a firefighter in the area, if you are a EMT, I assume police officer, anybody who's brave enough to go to see a car crash and be the first guy to help people out, good on you. And you could go enjoy a good... take the day off, right? Stay after Christmas, mm-hmm. go, go hang out, go to a uh, twelve thirty kickoff at the uh, at the dilapidated the, the Cotton Bowl. There <laughs> you go. T- or let me rephrase that: the historic Cotton Bowl, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> That stadium's a dump. Sorry. It's terrible. Um, this is a middle-of-the-day game. That kind of sucks for some people, right?
0: Well, I mean, if you're looking to work off the Christmas hangover of all the delicious food and things like that. Not ham. Hey, might as well, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. So BC at Boyce, taking on Boise State. Two-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is a, a low, low 56. Um, I don't know. I don't see this game being close at all because Boston College is meh, right? I think that's
0: that's fair to say.
1: Because they lost to an average North Carolina State team this year. They beat Temple before Temple decided to figure out they're actually decent. They're coming off three straight losses. And to put on top of it, they lost to freaking Florida State, who is not good this year at all.
0: I don't know if I agree all the way with that. I think it's more that when you look back at what they did this year, they finished seven and five, four and four in the ACC. Mm-hmm. They would it be fair to say they beat the teams you would expect them to beat and lost to the teams that were just better than them?
1: For yeah,
0: for the most part, like, like if you think of if you want to look right at a Mountain West analog, maybe mm-hmm. they're they're the ACC's Wyoming.
1: Yeah, I could no that makes sense. That still doesn't mean I can still say they're just a blah team even by doing that.
0: I think it's kind of an interesting matchup because. You know, they're one of those teams where the offense, like we just talked about with La Tech, is nothing to write home about. You know, they're ninety fifth overall as far as offensive S P plus. But you know, maybe if you're looking for another comparison, they're a little bit like San Diego State because the defense is pretty good. You know, they rank twenty eighth overall by S P plus. You know, they're above average as far as defensive efficiency, preventing explosive plays. You know, preventing. points per trip inside the 40 things like that and that i think it's what it's going to make it a very interesting matchup for boise who we just saw them most recently in a very tough back and forth defensive driven mountain west title game and it's really been the defense that's kind of led the way pretty much down the stretch you know they they gave up 24 points to utah state in that regular season finale but other than that, they've held opponents under 20 points per game. And so, if I'm looking at the over under for this game, I'm kind of tempted to take the under because I think it's going to be defensive chess match.
1: Could be that. And then you're right with San Diego State because they're running back for the Eagles, A.J. Dillon, 1,100 yards, the, um, what, 10 touchdowns. He runs the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so, it's going to be, and then quarterback Anthony Brown, pretty good, 20, 20 to 9 TD interception ratio. Right. But you're right. It's gonna be. What, what was he under fifty seven? I said.
0: Yeah, I believe he said it was fifty six.
1: Fifty six. So that could be right. I I think I would say this: while well, Boston College defense is pretty good, do they have enough to stop like Cedric? Will, or not? Oh, geez, what am I getting at? Not Cedric Wilson. Alexander Madison, who just crushes anybody who gets in his way and steamrolls defenses, even a great Fresno defense. Because is BC better than Fresno on defense? I don't think so.
0: I think you could make an argument that they're fairly similar.
1: And look what Madison did against them. Let him run the ball and just go, see you, folks. Give him 50 carries. Why not, Matt? Can he have 50 carries in this game?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that would necessarily be good for his health. No, I would not. <laughs> I think it's more likely to be a slog in the same way that it was in that Mountain West title game. Because while... You know, he did get a lot of carries. Let's not forget, he only had a long of 14 yards in that mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them lean on Madison again. But Boston College's front seven does have quite a bit of productive talent up front. You know, they don't necessarily stand out in the way that La Tech does, but they're still top 40 as far as defensive line havoc rate. I'm very interested to see what someone like Zach Allen does. Mm-hmm. You know, 15 tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. Him versus Ezra Cleveland is oh a matchup that I'm very much interested in watching.
1: That will be, And they also got Wyatt Rain, who's up there as well, what, six, 12 TFLs, a couple of sacks mm-hmm. themselves. They have a couple of guys. Like, and actually, nine sacks. Ooh, I didn't realize there's that many. Okay, four versus Wake Forest. Does that really count for two sacks? If you, well, get, and, if you get four versus Wake Forest.
0: <laughs> well, and, and Tanner Carafa also has eight and a half tackles for loss.
1: They get to the quarterback. They get to the backfield. That's what you're telling
0: They me. get into the backfield. So it wouldn't surprise me if Boston College – racks up a lot of tfls but alexander madison for instance is able to you know have a pretty solid opportunity rate in the same way that he did in that mountain west title game i think you know they may bottle him up for one or two yard loss but he may also get five or six yards on the next play and i think that whichever team gets the upper hand up front is probably going to dictate how the team goes or how that game goes rather
1: sure and also think this could be where good old play action could come into play Maybe. Because if they're getting TFLs back there, get the, obviously, play action, fake the handoff, draw the guys in for seconds, that could be something. And also, don't forget, this is Brett Urban's final game for Boise State. That's true. And he's been a four-year starter. The Montel Cozart saga is still haunting some people, me, because it was stupid. But this will be his final game, and he wants to go on top. They wants to win. They also lost the title game because they're playing a P5 school, but it, you probably figured would rather be in Vegas this bowl game, they're in town now, so they're in Dallas for Christmas, which is kind of crappy. Where you're, not that you're in Dallas, but you're over Christmas break or the actual holiday down there, and not at home and having fun doing what you're doing. But I, Boston College, you said they beat who they beat, but who they beat still wasn't very good teams, right? Like you're beating up on New Match, you're beating up on Wake Forest, Temple, Louisville's a mess, Miami's terrible. Votex okay. They made. A, they only beat. If I'm correct on here, they beat what two bowl teams? Is that it? Maybe three.
0: Uh, let's see. Wake Forest is a bull team, right?
1: Wake Forest, Temple, Temple, and Miami. Miami made a bowl. And team?
0: and I thought, I thought so. Oh,
1: I'm double checking on that.
0: And Virginia Tech. So I think that's four. Uh,
1: okay. Never mind. My my, my apologies. I thought it wasn't that many. So never. <laughs> But they're all like seven to five teams. I'll still go back and say because Votek had to beat the makeup game to get to six wins. So, mm-hmm. but again, like who they beat, like yeah, they're beating who they beat. But again, who they beat was not very good either. Like they get blown out versus Syracuse, they get blown out versus Clemson, and so. And this when you compare them to Boise State to who they play on their schedule, like was Syracuse the most comparable team? Just kind of maybe talent overall.
0: I mean, I think up until that finale against Syracuse, you could make a case that they've been pretty tough against the pass, mm-hmm. um, because there was actually only one game this year where they didn't have an interception, and that was when they lost to Purdue and they gave up three touchdowns. Other than that, you know, their opponents passer rating is only one seventeen eighty eight, which is pretty good all things considered. You know, they they held both Louisville, who admittedly is not very good. Uh, in Miami, who had quarterback issues of their own, held both those teams under 50%. They held Florida State, DeAndre Francois, under 50% completion rate as well. So it's not like they don't have the talent to be able to slow down Sean Monster and A.J. Richardson and company. I'm very interested to see how they move people around in their defensive backfield. Because you know the guy who really jumped off the stat sheet is... Who am I looking at? Uh, Tajamir Torres, you know, senior cornerback, three interceptions, 11 pass breakups. But he's not even a starter on the two deep. So I I think it's more likely he's going to be challenging whoever's on the inside playing the slot for, you know, Boise State in this game. So he's going to, you know, are they going to keep him inside? Are they going to move him outside and switch him with Brandon Sebastian or Hamp Cheever's? They've got playmakers back there. Yeah. Hamp Cheever, by the way, do you realize he has seven interceptions?
1: Yeah, but the fan leads the nation in interceptions with a touchdown as well.
0: So this could very easily be the kind of game where Madison
1: give it to him all night. Yeah,
0: it could be the kind of game that's a lot like the San Diego State game, which maybe if I'm giving Boise State fans PTSD or something like that, yeah, I apologize. But it's the kind of game where it easily get bogged down by turnovers if Brett Ripon isn't careful.
1: It's always a possibility. Just don't screw up the snap. Get a nice handle on the ball. Take your time. Laces out to kick the field goal. We don't need any punting issues either. Um, but, yeah, passing game is a concern. So that's why I said give it to Madison. And then if he starts going, that'll change your defense. That's where you bring in the play action to, A, get the cornerbacks or defensive backs. They're good players, so they're not going to always fall for it. But you take that, the hitch, the half step. You get somebody behind them. You get open. Or you do, do a screen pass. If they're doing the blitz and doing a pass blitz or run blitz to come after you, you want to go after a quarterback, just do a little screen pass. There's things they can do, but I think their main thing is to run the ball and that I think will be the way they'll win. And then once they establish that, other thing, they have too many good players to be bogged down to not be able to run or pass. Not saying they'll do it at will, but they should be su- fairly successful at any aspect on offense. It's just protecting Rippon is a big deal. And then, Maybe, maybe challenge the passing game early on to see what these guys can do, but I think they should go with the run, get that going, and then build that out to more of a open-up-the-field to other type of passing opportunities they see that fit, fit them.
0: Well, another thing that could make a big difference in this game is how often Boise State's pass rush can get home. This, to me, is the kind of game where Durant-Miles, Jabril Frazier, and Curtis Weaver could have huge influence because one of the things that Boston College really struggled with down the stretch in their losses against Syracuse, Florida State, and Clemson is protecting Anthony Brown. In all three of those games, they allowed multiple sacks. And that has been a strength of Boise State's all year long is being able to bring down the quarterback. So if they can get to him... You know, that's another one of those ways that I think Boise State is more likely to, you know, disrupt, you know, both Boston College's offensive flow. It gives them one more way, I think, to create turnovers, which I think is going to be especially important in this game because both of these teams have been really proficient at that. But I think Boise State's a little more versatile in how they've been able to do that in 2018.
1: All right. So, um... Anything else we need to add about this game? Or should we get to prediction time?
0: Uh, I think we could probably get to prediction. I just
1: want to see. Well, we'll get to it in a minute. Um, prediction here again, minus two and a half Boise State, which seems a bit low. I what, seriously, why is this game even projected to be that close? We I know we discussed it all, but Boston College offense against his Boise defense doesn't scare me at all. So, besides AJ dealing to run pretty well, but it is a also Matt. If you want to go to the game, only thirteen bucks. Just saying.
0: That's not bad. That's a that's a nice Christmas gift.
1: There you go. If you're in the Dallas area, go get some tickets. All right. So, number fire predicts a close one. Interesting. Thirty-one eight to thirty point nine in favor of Boise. Twenty-eight nine, twenty-six three in team rankings, and it's a toss up to who will get the, cover the spread.
0: Yeah. S P Plus has this at uh, Boise State thirty-two, Boston College twenty-three.
1: That's kind of where I'm leaning a little bit. I think.
0: Oh wait. So over under.
1: Wait. Hold on. Over under. Wait a second. Did I say 55 or six?
0: You said 56.
1: Okay, no, sorry. I go to the – there's another, a new page where it kind of breaks down like a little – I do the, if you see what I do for our kind of projections or picks, mm-hmm. there's a little area that it's a different page. I'm like, I thought for some reason it was 60. No, it's 55 and a half, which is low. But I I think it will be somewhat close. I'm not saying Boston College is a rollover opponent because they're not, but I also don't think they're – they just don't impress me. They just do enough good things on defensive, some good playmakers in secondary. They run the ball. I think it'll be like – I'll go 28-20 Boise State.
0: If you like defense, this is the game for you. So
1: Daniel and Fresno is probably understanding why I'm not liking this game too much. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there'll be defensive plays, but I'd say 28-20 is still fine. That's still some defense, right?
0: I Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit lower than that. Um, I do like Boise State's offensive potential because it could very well be the kind of thing where – all they need is one big play. And if I'm going to bet on one team or the other coming up with that one big play, I'm definitely betting on Boise State.
1: Tyler Horton, pick six. Let's call it now.
0: So I'm going to go Boise State 17, Ooh. Boston College 10.
1: You're not going to work off that Christmas Day stuff with this with the 17-10 game. Or sorry, 17 what? 17-10. to Sorry, 17-10. That's not going to work anything off. That's okay, though. there's multiple games that day i think so you should be fine right i think so yeah you can ball that up with the lovely minnesota georgia tech quick lane bowl or the nightcap Cal versus tcu in the cheez-it bowl get a bowl full of cheez-its which are a superior snack and go at it all right all right so that's it for this game here let's go on to the next game so we both have boise state winning both covering and now let's uh let's move on to the final game here The final bowl game of bowl season is Arkansas State versus Nevada. It is on CBS Sports Network, so we get that Fubo link candy for you folks to get your free trial for this for this particular game if you don't have it. That's what I use because my cable package is annoying, so I get my free trial and then cancel. You can do the same, right, Matt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So it is a. Uh, what time zone is Arizona on at the moment? Do you know?
0: Uh, well, uh... <laughs> they
1: change. <laughs>
0: According to – well, let's just put it this way. According to College Press Box, it's saying 11.15 a.m. mountain time.
1: That's, that's, they're probably mountain time then. So it's, 10.15 so
0: it's, a.m. Pacific.
1: So whatever it is in Arizona, check your local listings. I don't know. I will, we'll find out what time it is in Arizona second here. But CBS Sports Network, um, Arkansas State a one-point favorite over Nevada. Arkansas State is 8-4 from the good old Sun Belt Conference. And this game – the over under fifty seven and a half. Let me tell you now, take the over. You think so? Have you seen Justice Hanson? What he can do throwing the ball? I have. He has three thousand one hundred seventy two yards and twenty seven touchdowns.
0: I think you might be underestimating Nevada's defense a little bit.
1: I might be, but I'm just saying, take the over. Oh, also maybe, I... I, or should actually, before we get to that, we actually should put more pertinent news. Um, McLean Mannix not playing. Transfer. No,
0: he is uh, officially at Texas Tech.
1: Oh, that's where he ended up going. Oh, I saw yeah. that the other day. I don't know why he, I he you
0: went there. home to, to go be closer to his mom.
1: That's right. Okay, and we talked about that. So that's a perfect place for him. And then also and, uh, and
0: Nephi Sewell at yes. BYU.
1: Not, not a shocker either. So called both of those. So I get whatever that is worth for you, folks. <laughs>
0: so yeah.
1: Those are two of the better players. So maybe the give me guarantee, take the over right now is not should it be implied because. Losing one of your best receivers is a big deal. But I still think there could be a lot of points in this game. And you're right. Nevada's defense has been playing better. Like Malik Reed gets the quarterback. They have been doing good things like played San Jose State 12 points, 10 points versus CSU, uh, 22 allowed versus Hawaii, uh, 24 versus SDSU, which is, eh, it's okay. They've been doing good. It's just that weird uh, losing to UNLV. is kind of odd,
0: right? I, I think you might also be underrating Arkansas State's defense a little bit too. Am I
1: underrating everybody today?
0: Maybe maybe just a touch. I mean, because I think the story of Arkansas State's season is that while they weren't quite in the same tier of Sunbelt teams as like an Appalachian State or a Troy or something like that, um, you know, they did finish eight and four. And you know, they, they lost to Georgia Southern. They lost to App State. They lost to eventual West division winner, Louisiana Lafayette. But I think they put it together, and they played pretty well down the stretch. After giving up 47 points against the Raging Cajuns, Mm -hmm. they haven't allowed more than 17 points in their last four games. And so, granted, maybe some of that has to do with the level of competition because I don't know what you would call their best win in November. Uh, South Alabama, maybe? I don't know.
1: They're like a three-win South Alabama team.
0: They, They beat South Alabama, Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, Monroe and texas State down the stretch
1: and convincingly as well scoring over 30 points in each game so you got to give that credit too they scored 40 or more 35 or more points since mid-season on their final seven games
0: but the, and they do have a lot of talent on defense yeah i think like law tech like uh, like boston college that we've talked about the defensive line havoc rate great for arkansas state they rank third in the country and that's good, a lot right <laughs> yeah they, they've got a lot of talent up front ronheen bingham for instance has 18 and a half tackles for loss to lead the team but it's not just him you know kevin thurman has 11 tackles for loss three and a half sacks forrest merrill has seven and a half tackles for loss four sacks william bradley king eight and a half tackles for loss six sacks they've got a lot of playmakers up front so it's just as likely as the offense. It's just as likely that the offenses are able to dictate how this game goes as as it is for the defenses to dictate how it goes. All
1: right. you know why I say Justice is going to be great over his final four, during the four game winning streak to close regular season. I know we mentioned the competition not great. Seventy seven completion percentage rate, eleven hundred yards and twelve touchdowns to no interceptions. Hmm. So I know the teams aren't great, but that's a pretty good stretch for that's about almost three hundred yards per game.
0: And... I, I think you could say something roughly similar to Ty Ganji too because yeah. uh, on a per-game basis, the only person in the conference to throw more down the stretch in November was Cole McDonald. You know, he In uh, three games, he averaged about 37 attempts per game, and he did have a passer rating of 155, uh, seven touchdowns, maybe the four interceptions don't help. But I think it's fair to say that you know, even without Manix out wide, that Gange is going to be able to keep Nevada in this game as long as they can keep him upright. I think that'll be the big challenge for both teams in this game.
1: That's that's obviously for any team. You don't sack the quarterback, or if you get the quarterback sacked, or don't sack the quarterback, that's going to be a hmm. big deal. Um, so did you know this? A couple of fun statues. I'm kind of being going over the game. Eight straight winning seasons for Arkansas State which mm-hmm. so they're not a team that's come out of and they've been good. They played Utah state. Didn't it beat UNLV this year as well? Yes. UNLV. They have played Boise in the past. They've remember. They were a, a team in Sunbelt that won five straight conference titles with five different head coaches, mm-hmm. including Brian Harson, who was a head coach for a year there. So, but they're not very good at bowl games because they're probably, they are playing better competition. So, what I you going to have had? like, who's going to, take, who's going to take over for McLean Mannix? Who's going to be that number, that top receiver on their team or take his spot for what he's doing? That is something they need to kind of find out, which they've known for a while he wasn't going to be around for transferring, but he's still got to find somebody, right, to catch the ball, to do what he can do because he was their lead receiver, seven touchdowns, 50 catches.
0: I mean, I think that's that's true to an extent.
1: Guardage-wise, I guess, because Caleb Folsom at 69, so...
0: I, I just think it's more likely that you know someone like Caleb Fossum, who, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly last I checked, he wasn't listed in the starting lineup, he's probably going to step up into that position. And it's not like he wasn't seeing a lot of work all season long too. Like B- Mannix and Fossum actually had the same number of targets. And Fossum ended up with a better catch rate, more catches. So even though he wasn't quite the big play receiver that Mannix was, yeah, he still played a factor in how successful the offense was, but it's going to be that big play guy that I think is going to make the difference. If I'm looking to one guy to replicate that, it's going to be Elijah Cooks. Mm-hmm.
1: He's, yeah, six touchdowns within a yard of the, of the catch, not catch rate, but average at 16. I mm-hmm. just think you're right. It'll be him, but it's not going to change too much because they have enough guys. It's not going to be, because it's not like say the Arizona state situation where Henry was Harry's the only guy. Mm-hmm. They have multiple guys who catch the ball. So yeah, losing Mannix is fine, but they have a guy, like you mentioned, with um, Cooks who can step up and maybe maybe only gets four catches for 60 yards. That's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be something like that. So they're not dedicated to having one main receiver. They have really, even ha- even if McC- Mannix were playing, four legit targets, four legit really good receivers who are going to catch the ball and do quite well when they do get the ball and they can score touchdowns because – all these guys have scored one more than one touchdown. I guess, uh, what's his name? Um, Dub, Dobbs, or not Dubs but um, Folsom is just the one. But if you look at, like you mentioned with Cooks, six touchdowns. 22 catches, six touchdowns. So they're going to be fine. It's just um, who's going to be, not to take his place, but there's what I'm saying. There's enough guys that it's not going to be a huge issue with him being gone because they have multiple playmakers shooting catch the ball. And then, hey, maybe they'll give it to Tua for Fifteen, a few more carries, or maybe he'd give him an extra reception or a target in the backfield.
0: I mean, I don't see why not.
1: And yeah, so why not? Go for it. Do it.
0: Although it's it's really interesting because while the the Arkansas State DBs also rank in the top twenty as far as havoc rate is concerned, mm-hmm. a lot of that doesn't necessarily have to do with pass breakups. Like nobody on the the Red Wolves has more than seven pass breakups on the year, and that's Jerry Jacobs at cornerback. You know. If he's locking down one one of the outside receivers, this could be another instance where whoever's on the inside for Nevada could make a huge difference. Because I think a lot of the havoc rate, which not only encompasses passes defended and encompasses forced fumbles, and I think in, in this case, especially tackles for loss. So I mean, you mentioned Tawa as someone who can come in and make a difference. It's kind of surprising how many TFLs a lot of Arkansas State's defensive backs have. Like Darian Jackson, for instance, he doesn't have any interceptions on the year. He only has two pass breakups, but he has six and a half tackles for loss.
1: So they do the corner blitz, is that what you're telling me?
0: It could, Yeah, and Justin Clifton, for instance, has only two interceptions, five pass breakups, but he has five and a half tackles for loss. It's going to be really interesting to see how they challenge this defense
1: how like what do you think they'll do though like how challenge in what way
0: i mean I, i'm i'm more interested in seeing whether they elect to take whether they continue to take shots down the field even without manix in should, which case right? in yeah. which case like i said someone like cooks can make a huge difference or as you suggested if they try and stay balanced instead and and really lean on Toatawa, Which in that case, you know, then you're running up against a front that has been very efficient against the run pretty much all season long. It's going to be, I think, a tough road to hoe either way.
1: It will be, but like I mentioned, Tala has 20 receptions this year, so maybe they say give him. Not that it's going to make a difference, but if they are bringing in corner, like if they're going to do a corner blitz, maybe work in those quick passes off the line of scrimmage. Like if they can notice or do a pump and go pump fake and see that guy come in and realize oh crap the guys come in and make some sort of either a quick slant or just do something if they notice that coming through just watch basically watch for it because you can do a few things to counteract to not tip the defense off but you can if they're doing a corner blitz you can sort of sometimes sometimes tell when they're coming in so if they and and so they sorry there's just ways where give a little fake that way or do something to real oh he's coming if they can see where it's coming from or know who has – or they know because they're doing film. If they know where it's coming from, not that you avoid away from it, but take advantage of a guy blitzing through and run some sort of play to don't want that guy be a factor. So you're playing 11 on 10 instead of 11 on 11. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you, what was your thought? Then, or did I just kind of ram through what you're going to say or something? No, I mean I think,
0: <laughs> I, think it's gonna, I think it's a fair argument to use the screen game to kind of keep them off balance. And not only Tawa, but Kelton Moore. Yeah, who we haven't really talked about at all this year. He also has 20 catches out of the backfield. And so maybe that's the kind of thing where if both of those guys you know, can can keep Arkansas State off balance on defense, they can use that aggressiveness against them to be able to set themselves up to take shots down the field.
1: It's true. So well, let's get to our score prediction here, because we've gone through a decent eh, ten ten or so minutes. That's fine for these games here. We're doing individual podcasts or you get a full long one for this. So this is gonna be like I think it's gonna be a pretty good bowl game. There's a reason it's a one point line in favor of Arkansas State. It's a game where like oh you're playing Sunbelt, but Arkansas State, like you mentioned, they're pretty good. They've winning seasons, they're accustomed to winning, winning conference titles. Also, did you know this game is more expensive to get in than the BC game? It's a
0: $36. I did not know that.
1: And also, did we mention it's at Arizona stadium, Tucson, where they have dorm rooms inside the stadium there. I didn't know that either. They do. I've been, I've been to Tucson a couple of times for back in the day and they, yeah, it's uh yeah. So prediction time, what is uh and plus have for this matchup?
0: So S P plus has it at Arizona state 32 or excuse me, not Arizona state. What no. am I thinking? Arkansas, Arkansas state in Arizona, 30, 32, Nevada, 27,
1: 32, okay. Team ranking, 28.7, 27.8 for Arkansas State. Okay. But then the the number five is kind of a blowout, and relatively speaking, 35.5, or excuse me, 33.5 to 27.6. Mm-hmm. What's your prediction? You go first.
0: (laughs) I'm going to take Nevada. I think think this uh, among the three bowl games that haven't taken place yet is maybe the most unpredictable one.
1: I agree. And could be most exciting, too. I,
0: I think that nothing about the result would surprise me, but I like Nevada to be able to win a close one. Um, I'm going to say Wolfpack 31, Red Wolves
1: 28. 31-28. Because looking at Nevada, like they've had a combination of close wins and close losses this year. Like mm-hmm. They nearly beat Boise State. They lose to UNLV. They Close one versus San Jose State. I'm gonna go Nevada too because I think uh, too many weapons. Like even though Manix is out, they'll be fine. Uh, but I think he's gonna be close. I'm gonna go 28 27 oh, I can yeah, I'll go 28-27 Nevada. All right, A real squeaker, one point, point. and they will. That'll get me the, the cover, I guess, too, because it's one point for the Red Wolves. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's our bowl preview for the final set of game or games or game, depending if, how you're listening to this, because we're breaking up these uh, previews here. So. We will be back um, to recap these probably right after the new year since we're doing all these games at once here. So check back for us about that time. We will be doing fun off-season stuff like stupid early January predictions because why not, Matt, right?
0: Why not? Indeed.
1: It's what we do here. So check us out all the time. MWWire.com, on Twitter, MWCWire, Facebook, Mountain West Wire. Um, We're just chugging along. Also, hey, Matt, we're going to have soon our Mountain West at 20. That's true. Are you excited for that? I am. Have you given any thought about who should be on the Fresno State All Mountain West team? I have not. Okay, because we're going to need to work on that pretty soon. Cause it'll take some time. I, I'll say this: we've started a couple teams. Boise. I've done some Air Force. Uh, I think we're going to go too deep. Is that? Is that? I think that's good enough, right? For each team. Yeah, that's fair. That's and then fair. we're going to have an all-time, all-conference team. Mm-hmm. Can I just tell you right now, basketball? It is going to be Jimmer for that—the best player ever. So anybody who says otherwise, sorry. That's gonna be the case because <laughs> it's hard to argue anybody else, right? For basketball, football. I have no clue who football would be. Really quick, who would you say the best offensive player ever for the Mountain West would be in football?
0: Oh, man, that's tough. Um,
1: we don't have to answer now. I just threw it out there because of the stuff.
0: Okay, well, that's a question I'm mean, going to have to think about at some point. I'll
1: tell you one player who could be in the mix. Donald Pumphrey, back-to-back offensive player of the year. I think the only one to do it in conference history. I had to double-check, but I know he won it twice. Mm-hmm. So that's not, that's not not that's a good place to start, I guess. But that's our show for today. We'll get to that. That'll last from January to like maybe June, we're thinking, folks. So that'll be a long, fun time of all sorts of randomness and complaining and trophy bragging and whatever else we can come up with, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so that's it for this one. Again, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review if you want. Prefer at least four stars. Can we just lower the minimum, Matt, to say at least four stars? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we don't need five, but four would be great. So if you do that, cool, tell a friend. That'd be even better. So we'll see you, I guess, a Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and see you next time, folks.